Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. Today, we're going to deal with a topic, and I pray you that you pray, please bear with me. Really bear with me. All right? Today, because we're going to take a, a subject, even actually the title is so weird, but real. And what is that title? It could have been me. Just write it, you'll see where we are. Oh God, it could have been me. It could have been you. It could have been us. And let me put it this way, because two weeks ago, Pastor Charles was talking about three weeks ago, talking about what if? What if? What if? What if it were me? What if? I'm going to talk about the blessing and cause of tragedy. We just had a tragedy. That just happened not long ago. And most of us were touched, or all of us were touched. And the main reason probably we were so touched was that it came too close where? It came too close to home. But this is the issue. It could have been me that was on that plane that day. Please listen to me carefully. Today, this is going to be subject you have to deal with. It could have been being realistic. It could have been that I was on board that Dana airline plane that crashed and everybody died. It could have been you. It could have been us. What if that was the case? At that juncture, when it happened, were you actually ready? Was I ready? Was I ready to meet the appointment that I did not make? Please, let, let's, let's get right now. Was that ready? What if I was actually on the shores of Japan when the tsunami happened and I was swept away into the ocean to be seen no more, to be eaten maybe by fish? What if? What if the earthquake, the land, the, the land gave way in Haiti? What if that? Have you asked yourself, are you still moping around like most of us? You know, I started with myself. I'm thinking it's a casual thing. Remember, there's a proverb in the Igbo land, and I know it's anywhere, really. They said that when one sees another person's corpse, you know, the body, the dead body being carried, you always think that they're carrying a bundle of firewood until to his home. And you begin to ask for a child of God. I'm talking about the child. I'm not talking about people on the street. I'm talking about for a child of God. What if, if I was relaxing in my apartment and in my house? They say a man's house is his own castle. They are himself. Maybe having dinner with my children and everybody and we are so happy and things were going well. After all, you know one thing? I didn't actually go out. I didn't go anywhere. 
I didn't have to have any danger. But lo and behold, that very second, that very second, not unbeknown to me, and without any imagination whatsoever, the end came. Knocking on the door. The hour has come. The day of judgment, they said, has come. And at that point, listen to me very carefully. At that point, all my records on this earth are sealed. Ah, yeah, yeah, please listen to me. At that very point, unbeknown to me, all my records on this earth they were sealed. No more. Nothing will go any further. Nothing will come in. Nothing will go out. Is that sinking in? I want it to sink in. What if? What if this morning on the street of Houston was my end? It could happen. What if every second is the day of judgment? You know, we worry so much about the end of the world. We said God said the world will come to an end. And surely the world will come to an end because God said it. But we don't worry and concern ourselves about our own individual world. Our own individual world will come to an end. And you know one thing? All these tragedies, and call them whatever you want to call them, they were physical things sometimes we could see. I could enter into the plane, and one thing, one way I could imagine, maybe I will not make it. It's possible. I could be standing somewhere, something will happen to me. But even the, the Lord Jesus Christ was saying something. He was talking to Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, you could not even comprehend the things of this world I'm talking to you. How would you then even begin to understand the things spiritual? Read me John 3, 12, please. Please, let's all understand this today. I pray that God will help us. John 3, 12. If I have told you earthly things mm -hmm. and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? How would you believe if I tell you heavenly things? The day of judgment has come and no appointment. I did not prepare. Nothing about it, but the, the day of judgment has come. Read me, please, Hebrews 9, 27. Hebrews 9, 27. Yes. And as it is appointed for men to die once, yes. but after this, the judgment. After this, the judgment. After this, the judgment. No more prayers. No more mending of ways. No more repentance. Let me tell you one thing. Every human being must surely repent or regret one day. The sooner we understand that, the better about the things of this world and God. Everybody. But you see, all the things I was describing about myself, what happened and what could have happened, all came suddenly crashing on me. I had no time to react. I couldn't run if I wanted to run. Remember, I was always say that we human beings, we love to flee. We like to run away. But we forget one thing. We have no place to run to. It's only God that's merciful, that makes a way. And he makes a way to give us one more breath so that what? We can change and mend our ways because we don't know tomorrow. And that's why he warned us, read me Matthew 24, please, 44. 
Matthew 24, 44. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Now let me, let me, let me put this word for some of you. I'm not talking, don't feel because you know our people were used, for some reason we get irritated when we talk about life and death. But we got to get used to it because you know one thing? If you're still worried about death, you have not changed. You have not become born again at all. Because you see, you see, the scripture tells us that Christ came to deliver us from that bondage of fear of death. If you're still afraid of death, you don't know where you're going. Because that's the reason why we fear. is because we don't know where we're going. Read me Hebrews 2.15, two, two please. Hebrews 2.15. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. That's why if you look at this uh, conference we're having, even the team of it, that's spiritual fear. Our people are so gripped and they tell you, every one of them will be walking around and say, I'm born again. I know this and that. All of a sudden that, oh, just, this spirit is pursuing me. But if we're still afraid of that, and what I'm afraid of, let me tell you one thing, until before the Lord called me. There was one time I got a very annoying mail. It was a mail from this, uh, you know, these people who prepare insurance for, for debt or whatever it is. I said, I said, cost be unto you. How could you send this thing to me? But I forget one thing. That this is an inevitability. I cannot run away from it. And you know one thing? This man now, myself, facing judgment that I did not plan for, and there was no appointment. There is suddenly a judgment at that point. I couldn't go forward anymore. I couldn't change anymore. Everything is judged according to my works, according to what I have done with the life God has given to me. Give me Matthew 16, 27, please. Matthew 16, 27. Yes. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Each will be rewarded according to his works. So if it comes crashing right now, you'll be rewarded according to your works. And there is one thing I want you to know. According to Galatians 6, 7, he said, Do not be deceived. God is never mocked. Whatsoever a person does, he shall surely what? He shall surely reap. Don't worry about it. No matter whatever you think, you have to try. This is going to lead us somewhere. Please be patient. We must surely reap. Revelation 20, please. 12 and 13. Revelations 20, verse 12 and 13. Yes. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, mm -hmm. and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. Let's stop right there, my dear sister. Because of time, the dead were judged according to works. If you have time, you read Revelation 22. You see also 12. The same thing. It's all by works. What have I done to you? I'm not talking about works is how you are saved. No. By grace we are saved unto good works. You have to... Make you see at the point, at the point it was me. Okay, let, are, are we are we getting this right now? Are we getting this together? At the remember I said it could have been me, right? At the point it was me. Then I must give account 
I must give account of all the things I have done with the life God has given to me. You see, I must give account of that. Let's get that right. So it's all done this. So let me ask you this. What I pause. I stop right here, right now, and ask you, have you ever paused to imagine what I'm talking about right now? Have you ever paused to consider your ways? Have you ever paused to consider this mystery that today you are and tomorrow you may not be? Have you ever paused to do that? Have you ever tried to even to ask, am I ready? If it will happen right now, am I ready? Or would I be a fool that I'm caught when I'm not even ready at all? Have you ever stopped? I'm, I'm, I'm questioning, I'm asking those Zurumba now. Please, please get me. because I don't, I don't. Have you ever stopped one day to thank God enough to say, God, you're giving me the chance, this bread to wake up, even right now to be here talking to you. And how deep did this thank giving go? Was it with a vow to depart from all evil and everything, Lord? Any and all evil to depart from them. Lord, I'm grateful. You know, you give me this opportunity. I will not miss this opportunity, Lord, because I may not have it tomorrow. I may not have it the next second. This is the time now for me, to, Lord. Have you done that? Have you considered this? If you have, and if your answer is yes, then you will see actually you have come to that grip of the awesomeness of God, the greatness of God. That you see, man can plan, man can think, man can project, man can even begin to imagine all sorts of things, but only God knows. And he does not tell anybody when that will happen. Only God knows. And let me tell you one thing. God has made it so that the time, the essence of time, and we have said this before, the essence of time in the life of somebody, only God knows. Even the Son of God was saying, I mean, I'm not saying that I said exactly that, but I would just be able to really point to you that almost he was saying he didn't even know. He didn't even know. Oh, read me. Let's, let's read me. To Matthew 24, 36, please. You can infer that. That's what he's saying. Matthew 24, 36. Yes. But of that day and hour, uh -huh. no, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But my father only. All I can infer right now that the son of God will know because the father and the son are one. But if you read this literally, he's saying nobody. God has reserved this very thing that will elude man every single moment. When is that day? We don't know. Why? Because look at what man did in the Garden of Eden. You know, no sooner he put man there and said, you should not do this. Man was even, what, aiming to take over the tree of life. So you live forever. And God said, you know one thing? You can wander around. You can even manipulate the, the, the clock. You can change it. You can even predict when somebody will have bought and whatever is going to be, you can even clone one if you want to and make one. But I tell you one thing, until you die, you will never know when and where it's going to happen. So let's look at tragedy. We had tragedy. Understanding tragedy in our own way. I say the tragedy is a blessing. It's a cost. It's a cost because it's painful. But there's a greater cost. Can anybody tell me what's a greater cost when we have tragedy? What is the greatest cost 
This is, I know it's painful. And we have cried. And we're still crying. But if a tragedy woe unto him, that a tragedy did not change permanently. Listen to me now. Woe unto him that what actually has happened. For the children of God, it does not make a difference what has happened. It does not make a difference what we have accomplished and what we didn't accomplish. But that which happened, did it change us? Did it make us to be more fearful of God? Are you following what I'm talking about? Did it make us to realize actually that God is the only ultimate and the way to follow? So it is not about what we have accomplished or what we failed to accomplish, but what do we become in the process of actually what happened? So if a tragedy happens and does not radically alter our life, our thinking, our way of doing things, and so on towards God, knowing fully well that what happened to one could happen to another. Are you following me here? Yes. Then that's the failure on our own part. Because sometimes we have that amnesia. We feel, okay, it's happening now or tomorrow. Let's drink and laugh without any kind of change. So tragedy should do three things. If it fails, even one of them, if one of them fails in your life, you have not gained anything from the tragedy. It's almost like talking to the life, okay? Number one, a tragedy. I'm giving you three reminders right now of <laughs> what it does. Lord, please open and a tragedy should be a revolting, or if you want to call it, call it a violent reminder of the helplessness of human being. A tragedy is a revolting reminder, suddenly and so violent, to let you know, you know, you are nothing. In fact, James was putting it right. James said that. It is mere vapor. Read me James 4, please, 13 to 14. James 4, 13 to 14. Yes. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, mm -hmm. we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. Yes. For what is your life? It is even a vapor. That appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Appears for a little time and does what? It vanishes away. Isaiah was having a different way of presenting it. And I can understand that. Isaiah said that it's just like grass. Which Peter repeated. Read me Isaiah 40 please. 6 to 7. Isaiah 40, 6 to 7. The voice said, cry out. Mm -hmm. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. All flesh is what? Grass. grass. And all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, mm -hmm. because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. Surely all grass. To this morning, so with the dew of the, from God, water down and they all sprang up and flowers, everything going. The next moment, sooner the sun comes, everything passes away. And it does happen every day, my brothers and sisters. And it, it could have been me. Please, let's get it there. It could have been me. That should be understood. That's why I say that is what? A reminder, a violent one, a revolting one of the helplessness. There's nothing we can do. You can't run away from it. Then the second one 
is a reminder and a confirmation of the truth, an infallible truth of the word of God and God himself. It is. That's why God told us, he said, you know one thing? I am God. You should never in this time or in your life even have a tr trust yourself or trust anybody else but me. Read me Jeremiah, please, 17, 5 and 9. Jeremiah 17, 5 and 9. Yes. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man mm -hmm. and makes flesh his strength. Yes. Whose heart departs from the Lord. Verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things mm -hmm. and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? Remember we talked about this mystery about cursed is a man. You know, we always think that it is saying, cursed is the man who touches the man because the heart of man is so deceitful. And we know that. But the key and the most important element and mystery is that who can know it? You don't know it. I don't know it. Only God knows. That's why it's the only one to trust. And he turns around and tells you, said, why would you even have anything in regard for yourself or any other human being? Give me Isaiah, please, 51, 12 to 13. Isaiah 51, 12 to 13. Yes. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Mm -hmm. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die and of the son of a man who will be made like grass? And you forget the Lord your maker who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. You have feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor when he has prepared to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? Where is the fury of the oppressor? That's why God consistently telling us one thing. Depart from those things that are not good and follow me. If you look at Matthew 6.33, it says what? Seek you forth the kingdom and all the righteousness of God. But if you look at Isaiah 55.7, it tells us what? This is God still telling us, but we don't listen. Isaiah 55.7. Yes. Let the wicked forsake his way. Let the wicked forsake his ways. Yes. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That's God telling you. Let the wicked forsake all of them and see what will happen to him. And in Deuteronomy 10, 12, it tells us one thing. You can read even 13 of it. Deuteronomy 10, 12, and 13. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you mm -hmm. but to fear the Lord your God, to work in all his ways, and to love him, to obey the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. Let's stop right there. God has said it, and I, I just said that. It, remember I said it was a... Uh, a reminder and a confirmation of the truth of the word of God. And that's why he told us, said, you know one thing, lay your treasure in heaven. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you one thing. I have lived in this world, and I need to tell you right now, when some people who came with me in this country were still in school, I had already finished practicing law and bought houses and cars. The undergraduate I took took me two and a half years at the University of Oregon. But all that is nonsense. Listen to me. All that you are this, you are that, you are that. What are you? 
we make all the noise and we shout and shout and shout and say, oh, we do this and do this. We will not let go. The wickedness is there, whatever we want to do. We forget one thing. Like James said, it's a vapor. You are gone. And when you are gone, the judgment starts. And it's God who justifies and sees the heart. So if God has looked down from heaven and had mercy upon you and I and called you and drew you closer, the time has come, this very moment, to change and to make ways. I don't want to dwell on what God has said because many things he has said. But the third one I'm going to give you is one reminder I'm going to give you right now. This is a reminder for the urgency. Let me put it, the urgency of mending ways. Mending our ways. Whatever the way that is crooked, mend it if you want to have anything to do with God. Because you know one thing? No heart shall ever see God except it's holy and pure. Mark it anywhere. You know, some people just, even on the internet, they say, don't even talk about holiness. Nobody can be. So God has changed. God who said from the beginning, you shall be holy because I'm holy. God who said in Genesis 17, 1, he said, you know one thing, Abraham, you want to walk with me? So walk with me, but be perfect. And his only begotten son repeated the same thing in Matthew 4, 5, 48. He said, be you perfect in love and everything like your father. Because as your father, because Amos 3, 3 tells us one, two cannot walk except they are in agreement. It's not possible. God is God. And he called us for what? For holiness and righteousness. That's why we're made in his image. And he said that nobody will see him without holiness and righteousness. So what I'm talking about, mending the repent. You know, you go to the scripture, you see everything shouting. The same thing we're talking about right now, forever. Repent. Read me Matthew please, 3, please. 2. Are you with me? Yes. Matthew 3, 2. Yes. And saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, let's, let's, let's pause and think about this kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that mean? Huh? Nobody knows the kingdom of God is at hand. There are two things right there. Spiritually, you can discern from it. Number one, he's telling you this is a time. Because I have come, Jesus, the kingdom of God is at hand. You better get it now. The second one was that get it now, or you may lose it one second from now. You may not have it. It's at hand. Repent right now. The kingdom of God is at hand before it passes. But go ahead and read me Luke 13, please. Two and three. Luke 13, two and three. Yes. And Jesus answered. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? Yes. I tell you, no. But unless you repent, unless... you will all likewise perish. Do you think you come here and you come to church, you go every day and shout hallelujah, God, 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 everything is, you talk about God, God. You think that will get you into the kingdom of God? Does that make you better than even people who perish? You know, he told us in Matthew 7, if you go ahead and look at 21, or read all the way to 28, not those who say, Lord, 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 shall enter into the kingdom of God. Only those. Not anybody who calls himself bishop or whatever he calls himself. Remember, I always tell you, archpope. When I call myself, whatever I call myself, call. But do the will of God. Otherwise, God will not respect the individual. So he tells you right there. Do you suppose these people were worse? And you know one thing? Most of us have come to that. And I pray our people will change. 
Most of the ministers have even opened their mouth that call themselves even ministers of God that from Africa. Well, you know, I saw that and God told me what they did, whatever they did was chasing them. Are you out of your mind? There's a tragedy that has happened. Whatever it is, God knows. But do you suppose that you were better than those people who perish? And there was something, I mean, one of the so-called televangelists, I don't want to call it, you, know, you should know, was even so can I say bold? I don't want to say foolish because I don't want to use it. When the Haiti earthquake happened, he said because Haiti was what? It was a pagan nation. So if Haiti was a pagan nation, then what is America if this happened here? We should always cry when somebody is crying. We should mourn when it's mourning. And we should rejoice when the person is rejoicing. So by the time to repent, it changed completely, permanently, is now. Not one leg in and one leg out. Because it cannot be new and old at the same time. Are you getting what I'm talking about right now? So this urgency I'm talking about now will take us into another subject. And that's the urgency to examine your salvation. Check your battery to ensure that actually you are saved. You are walking in the path that God said you should, should walk on. Every time checking when things like this happen. Oh my God. Am I really sure? But God, even this moment, thank you. You gave me one chance to really check. Because you know one thing? Most of us resist. Even among us here. Listen to me. There are people still this truth have not sunk in. What are you expecting? You, we come here. Nobody charges you anything. Nobody talks about any situation. Other than, this is the word and the truth of God. And that's why he said what? In John 3, 19, he said, you know one thing? There's a condemnation already in the world. What condemnation? Yes, he said that because people have had the truth and the light and they choose to be in darkness. Then it's their choice that the person is in darkness. So I say this now, and I was sharing this with Pastor Godwin, and I thank God that he will stand there, no matter whatever anybody was doing, Pastor Charles does it, and all of you right now, you're beginning to do it. Stand there, this is the word of God, take it or leave it, I'm not here to please you. Don't give me anything, thank you very much. Because you're not the one who called me. I don't look upon any human being to do anything for me because you're not the one who called me. I don't have to. I don't have to have a million in my pocket because that, all that million will be vanity and worse eventually. But if I could just say, God will say, well done, you faithful servant, for even standing whatever you want to stand on. But without transformation, listen now, without transformation, there is no salvation. You cannot say I'm saved when you still have half. You have not been transformed because according to God, we must serve God in righteousness and holiness all the days of our life. Who said that? Luke 1, 74, 75, please. Luke 1, 74 and 75. Yes. To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, mm -hmm. might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our in life. In holiness and righteousness before him all the days of what? That's a transformation. One who comes to God says with God right now, 
has become the spirit of God, transformed into his image. That's what he was talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, you could not understand me, except you are born again, except you are transformed. You are not now a new creature. If you look at 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says what? He said, all those in Christ are new creatures. The old are past. Behold, all things are new. If I say I'm new and I'm still old, I am not new. I'm lying to myself and deceiving myself. And what I'm talking about is that when the day will come, we don't know. When the judgment and accountability will come, we just don't have any idea. So we are created what? In his image. That's the transformation. If you look at Colossians 1.17, what? Can you read that, please? So I don't think I'm just... Colossians 1.13. Mm -hmm. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And then what? And conveyed us into and, the kingdom of the and Son And conveyed... Of see, somebody delivered... If I deliver you... Oh, I deliver somebody. Sorry about that. I, let, let me not talk about deliverance. Because I told you there's no deliverance. And all that liberation, they charge you money. Anybody who charges money says deliverance. You say, what, what kind of a thief is that? Huh? There is salvation. Being delivered. I have delivered from the bondage of darkness. But it's not enough if I leave you there. But I have to transform you. So that you're now a new creature. That's the image of Christ. And what is that image? Because he told us in Galatians 3.27. What? Yes? Galatians 3.27. Yes. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You have put on Christ and created as God. Read me Ephesians Please, 424. Ephesians 424. Yes. And that you put on the new man. The new man now. Which was created according to God. Yes. In true righteousness and holiness. In true righteousness and holiness. And that's why he told us. Read me Hebrews, please, 1214. Hebrews 1214. Yes. Pursue peace with all people That's and it. holiness. Without which no one will see the Lord. Pursue, and this is something which is a big problem for many of us, especially from Nigeria. Pursue peace with all people. And holiness. Without it, nobody shall see God. You know why? Without a pure heart, nobody can have a pure heart when it has resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness. It's not possible. Because, you see, the scripture tells us that that's where everything starts. And that's where it stops. Now, let me ask you this. You know, it says that death and life and death is what? In the power of the tongue. Spiritually. That's not what he's talking about. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Read me, read me Proverbs 4.23, please. Proverbs 4.23. Yes. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Your, your heart. heart with all diligence, uh -huh. for out of it spring the issues of out life. Out of it spring the issues of life. God watches the heart, and He's told us what in Matthew five eight. He said, "Blessed only on the what those who are pure in their heart." That's only one who can see God. I tell you this right now. Nobody can be pure in his heart when he hates somebody, when he does not forgive. It's not possible. The person is still in bondage of darkness when he does not reconcile. God has called us to do that. You must first reconcile to the Father. You must reconcile with, to everybody else. That's that. That's the way it is. Through love. Because God is perfect. That is the difference between somebody who is now born of God and the one who is not. It is not a matter of what you say with your mouth. It's a matter of what you do. Because a tree is known by his what? The fruit he bears. So, today, 
If there is any one of you, I keep saying it because that's been a big problem we have. No matter what anybody has done to you, against you, whether they killed you 100 times, even if I thought they killed you 1 million times, you're still alive. I, I, I wonder. But you know what I tell somebody was asking me that, that? Somebody asked me this in Portacot in the church after revival. I said, but I've been doing this. I'm forgiving this person. And he said he was going to kill me every day. Every day he would kill me. He said, what would you want me to do? I said, you know what you do? He said, no. I said, let him kill you. He said, what? I said, let him kill you. He said, no, 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 no. I said, ask yourself this question. Since you've been born, what have you done to keep yourself alive? He said, nothing. Now that you're in the Lord, what makes you think that something will come and take you? You have to be like your father. Otherwise, there's no agreement. And it is not very easy. People say, oh, no, it's not very No, 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 no. It's not what God is looking for. The willingness. He said, when you see somebody who has a willing heart, I will come and give him a new heart and a new spirit. Read me Ezekiel, please, 11, 19 to 20. Ezekiel 11, 19 to 20. Yes. Then I will give them one heart. One heart, yeah. And I will put a new spirit within them. Yes. And take the stony heart out of their flesh mm -hmm. and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my That judgments. they may walk in my statutes and keep my distance. What is his statute? He told us even threat. If you don't forgive, I will not forgive. But it's not only even that. That they may walk in my statutes. And follow what I tell you. They may be peculiar unto me. People separated from the world. They no longer conform to the things of the world. But they are transformed into the image of the sun. People can look down and say, yes. This is someone I can trust. Because you know why? The person is blameless. That's what he's told about Job. Have you considered my servant? Look at him. He's blameless. In everything. You know why I'm saying this? God... Even if you look at Psalm 66, 18, God cannot hear. He said, if I regard any iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. And Proverbs, he said what? The prayer of the wicked is an abomination unto God. Anyone who has no forgiveness, anyone who has anything clinging, no matter how small it is, against anybody, is a wicked person. And God says what? Anyone who commits evil commits it to his own death. And that's evil for any situation at all. Evil is evil. It doesn't matter, make a difference how you did. But let's stop it there because I think somebody has suggested something which sometimes we may do. We may pick up that love again because I know that is our big problem, but not today. But let's, let's proceed. Tragedy happens. It's painful, but still there's nothing new under the sun. The only thing that is new under the sun that those who are alive right now is for them to change. Please listen to me. It's for them to change. Read me Ecclesiastes, please. What? One to ten. You have a lot to read. Sorry, my dear. Ecclesiastes one, mm -hmm. one to ten. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Mm -hmm. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? One generation passes away and mm -hmm. another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes toward the south and turns around to the north. Mm -hmm. The wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuit. 
All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, there yes. they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot express it. Cannot. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be. Mm -hmm. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the there sun. There is nothing new under the sun. You see, we have a short life. Make good use of it by turning to God and turning away from things that will not please him. And you know one thing? The life of whom we have, you can make it better. You know why? Because the way it is, is a miserable life. It was said from Genesis. Remember Genesis 3? He said, look, no, you, will, you will toy, you will suffer and sweat until you go back. That's God. But then he came to deliver us. So that one word or the other, you have what? You bring all the things, captivity. What? And uh, just bring it. So you're talking about trouble that we have. Read me this week, yes, and please. 2, 22 to 23. Ecclesiastes 2, 22 to 23. Yes. For what has man for all his labor and for the striving of his heart with mm -hmm. which he has toiled under the sun? Mm -hmm. For all his days are sorrowful. They are sorrowful. And his work burdensome. Even in the night, his heart takes no rest. This also is vanity. It is vanity. It's, it's, all his life is so sorrowful. Why are you adding more sorrow? With all the bitterness and so on, instead of looking up to God. Read me Ecclesiastes 5.15, please. Ecclesiastes 5.15. As he came from his mother's womb, mm -hmm. naked shall he return. He shall return. To go as he came. And he shall take nothing from his labor which he may carry away in his hand. He shall take nothing. He shall take no children. Okay. Pause and make your way right. You know why? And make us rumba that was in the plane, maybe a crash or not a crash. You think that that's, gonna, that's nothing. When anything happens to me, let it happen. You know why? God is in charge and nothing will happen to me or you except the appointed time. But what I'm saying that at that point, I will not even realize whether I have any suit to wear. I will not realize all oh, no, those beautiful cars I have or houses. Everything had ended right there. All the PADs and whatever you have, gone. Let's realize that. No matter whatever we're chasing, let God be first and first no matter what. And then you will not lose because that's the only place you can really have any reward whatsoever by living a life that's pleasing to God all the time. Time is running for us, but I will, complete very, I will conclude very quickly on this. You know one thing? There's nothing. And the, the funny part of it is that when this is happen, we do the wrong thing. We do the wrong thing. What is the wrong thing? Yeah, we should cry. Yeah, we should cry. But do you know one thing? What a mockery and waste of time some of us will devote in all the long prayers for the souls that died. Can you believe people wasting all their time for the souls that passed away? Let me tell you one thing. There is a divide. There is no connection whatsoever. There is like a gate. If you didn't read, oh my goodness. Wait. Let me look, please. 16. 19 to 26. 
Luke 16, 19 to 26. Yes. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen mm -hmm. and fed sumptuously every day. Yes. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Mm -hmm. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off mm -hmm. and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Mm -hmm. But Abraham said, Son, Remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. Let's stop right there, because you see, let's stop the reason right there. In other words, there is no grace in grave. No mercy. I'm just, please get this right. No matter whatever you want to do, do and pray all the time. Let me tell you when to do everything. Remember I told you that. If you want to have a relationship with God, let it be a wonderful relationship before something happens to you. Don't be an ungrateful person. In other words, you want to do something for someone, you want to intercede for them, you want to pray, you want to support them, whatever it is, do it when they are alive. When they die, all those things are nothing. Are you following me right now? You can pray and pray for the soul to kingdom come, nothing will happen. Because God had already said, at a point in time, once somebody dead, that's it. Record and judgment. And God will not change because of anyone. Now, so let's put this right now. It is a time to redeem. This is time to redeem that time because the days are so evil. And because of time, read the efficient place. 5, 16 to 17. It's time now to change permanently. Ephesians 5, 16 to 17. Yes. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Because the days are what? Evil. We don't read anymore. Because the days are evil. There are so many areas. Even if I don't go to Revelation 1, 1, 3 or 13, sorry. You will see where he's saying that the time is now. The time is at hand. The time to change. It is evil. It is this and that. But then you see, how do you redeem the time? Read me Isaiah 55, 7, please. Isaiah 55, 7. Let the wicked forsake his way. Let him forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his Ye thoughts. Yes. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Let him just forsake his ways and come to me. Don't come to God when your evil ways are still there. God wants you to come with clean hands. Just forsake those things. that are, You know that they offend God. But then, you see, that's how you redeem it. But when do you redeem it? Give me 2 Corinthians, please, 6, 2. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. For he says, in an acceptable time. In an acceptable time. Yes. I have heard you. Yes. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Mm -hmm. Behold, now is the acceptance. Now, this second that I'm, you and I are talking about right now. I'm talking about the Mekos Rumba. This is the acceptable time to change and change forever. And go to God with everything that you have. Read me Hebrews and we close. Three, six to seven. Hebrews three, six to seven. 
but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Mm -hmm. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, yes. today, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Today, today, that's why when the Lord called me and put me in the house, he gave me the ministry. I never knew even had any kind of idea. Today, evangelical ministry. Today, today. I'm not talking about tomorrow. Tomorrow may not be. Today, today. You are hearing this now. Go home, mend your ways. Change completely. Come up to a new person before God. And it's acceptable. And then you will not worry about what will happen to you wherever you go. Because let it happen. You know one thing? Any other thing is subject to you. Because I tell you this. He said, behold, the kingdom of God is where? Within you. If the kingdom of God is truly within you, that means God is with you in. If God is with you, everything else is subject to you. You will walk on it. The devil will just, oh, this one telling you, this devil pursuing you. Let it pursue. Devil cannot kill you, cannot get rid of you. Because you see, you know one thing? The devil has no right over life. Except it's given to you. Remember Job. Devil has to almost take permission from God. Without that, if you are a child of God and he has a shield around, over you, or his hedge around you, as long as God has his hedge around you, for he said, if God is with us, who can be what? Who can be against us? I will end here, my brothers and sisters. It's been something, this topic, I wish and I pray that it will sink so, so deep and so well into us that from this very day, some, and I pray all, would have completely been transformed and changed and begin to see life the way it is. And the Spirit of God will lead you. May the Lord Almighty bless you and keep you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.